You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey, everyone. It's Wednesday, and I'm here with Louis Rigoni. Hello, Dolphins. We're going to talk some uh, Miami Jets uh, talk, and uh, with that, we'll give you our predictions for the game. Uh, but before we get to that, a couple of things I want to talk about. Uh, the first thing is, you know, uh, with the COVID, our schedule kind of got messed up, and I don't know if everybody knows who we're playing, so let's just go over that real quick. This week, obviously, we have the Jets at home, and then we have our bye week. Uh, then we'll have the Rams at home, and then we'll go to Arizona. Then we'll have the Chargers at home, and uh, we'll go to Denver and then New York to play the Jets. Then we'll come back home and play the Bengals, Chiefs, and Patriots. And then we'll go to Las Vegas to play the Raiders, and then out to Buffalo to close the season, if nothing else gets uh, added on to that uh, because of COVID. So how's that sound to you, Lewis? Yeah, how do you like that schedule? Whether I like it or not, we got to play it, right? So, sure. uh, you know. And I'm pretty sure that's what Flores told his team. <laughs> exactly. You know, bring it on. And, um, you know, I know they've made a few adjustments. Um, you know, I think that week to week, he's got them pretty much prepared. I mean, we're very, very fortunate that, you know, with, with the change of the schedule, we're playing a team that uh, is not very good. And, um, you know, I don't, you know, I hate to say we don't need to prepare because obviously we do, uh, but in this situation, you know, you've got a team that you should be able to handle on short notice in regard to the schedule change and preparing for this team. Um, you know, their offensive side of the football, <laughs> there's a lot to be desired there. So I think, you know, I think we're in pretty good shape. If in fact the schedule, what I'm getting at is if in fact the schedule had to be changed, I think that we kind of caught a break in the fact that we have the Jets this week. Well, yeah, it's a division team and they're always just a little bit more familiar with the division team. So in that respect, we, we did catch a break. Yes, we did. You know, we a couple did, breaks. Yeah, we're, we're home for a good portion of this. Uh, you know, we... We're home for the Jets, and then we're home for the Rams, and we go to Arizona, and we come back for the Chargers. So, you know, we have a bye week in there, too. Mm-hmm. The guys are not going to be tired. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I mean, nice schedule ahead of us. we got to get some Ws on the board. Yes. Yes, that's that's the key thing. Um, some people are starting to talk the P word, and I think that's premature. But, uh, you know, if they can – finish the next four games three and one and then maybe you can legitimately start to talk, talk about the possibility uh but the schedule gets tougher you know those last four games are rough you the chiefs the patriots the raiders and buffalo though that's a rough stretch there no question they're gonna it have is. to close the season on a high if they're even going to think about sniffing the playoffs mm-hmm. well you know mike to make the playoffs you have to beat some of those teams that's and, right uh, that's right you know that, that that'll be the difference in the season you know if you look at the schedule you know it, it it's favorable you know coming up and at the end as you mentioned it's it's rough you know near the end of the year you're gonna have to 
if you want to make the playoffs, you're going to have to beat a couple of those type of teams or, That's right. or else you're not deserving of it. So That's it. You know, let's see what happens. You know, you and I had talked about uh, just not quite having those difference makers on defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pro Football Focus has a list of the top 200 players. And uh, Van Ginkle actually comes in number 50. That's our highest rated Dolphin. And uh, just below him at number 70 is Xavier Howard. And McCain is uh, number 138. We did not have another player in the top 200. How about that? Wow. So it sort of tells you that, you know, what we're saying is kind of true. We just don't have those difference makers on defense. And, and that's nothing taking nothing away from Xavier Howard. But he has not been consistent and healthy. So that factors into that. So, And you're talking you know, on the defensive side. Yes, it's just strictly okay. defense. Strictly defense. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to kind of justify what we were saying when we said, you know, we need some more, we need more talent on defense is, is really what the gist of it is. Absolutely. And and it's all over the defense that we need more talent. You know, we need an end. Uh, we need linebacker, if not two linebackers. Um, you know, I think that some of the guys that you mentioned, Van Ginkle, I mean, listen, I'd love to see a guy like that develop in, in, into an every-down player and becoming a very solid football player. But, uh, you know, I look at him as, you know, a guy that's going to be in a platoon-type situation where he's going to be situational. Uh, that could be wrong. Um, but, you know, you want a dominant linebacker. You want a dominant defensive end. And you want, you know, a guy in the secondary at safety that, is just, you know, an a enforcer, solid, yes. an enfor- right? An enforcer and a guy that just comes up with big plays, you know, an Ed Reed, you know, that type of football player. And I mean, you um, can't play the physical safety that we'd like to see. I mean, obviously the rules don't allow that, but uh, you can still make your presence felt. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, at every level on our defense, you know, we, we need a player. We need, we need a dominant player. And, um, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, hopefully in next year's draft, we're able to come up with one or two, you know, maybe a safety and maybe a defensive end or a linebacker. and a sa- Whatever combination, we have to get playmakers on that side of the football, at least a few more. Yep. And, uh, you know, with the fact that Howard and Jones are on the contract for the next couple of years, that's a positive. You don't have to necessarily concern yourself with the cornerback position. You know, we drafted a guy in the first round this year. You know, you've got Needham who's, you know, he struggled a little bit, but, you know, again, he's he's in his second year. He was a free agent, um, you know, signing. You know, he wasn't drafted. So you've got a little bit of depth there. I think it's safety. You know, you have to get a guy that is just a solid, solid safety, understands the position, has always played the position, and needs to be plugged in there. And another guy that you don't have to worry about at any time. You know, you know he's going to be out there uh, running the defense for the most part, you know, being the captain out there. So, you know, there, there are guys, you know, on that side of the football that, you know, that, that we need. You know, there are players that we need, like you mentioned. Absolutely. Well, they drafted Brendan Jones, and I'm sure they had, you know, some thought that he would be able to come in and, you know, take over one of those roles. Maybe not yet, but certainly uh, in the future. So we'll see. Yep. Uh, And and speaking of that, I wanted to go over uh, real quick the last three drafts that we've had. Uh, If you go back to um, 18, uh, you know, they took Fitzpatrick, and we all know what happened with him. Right. 
But in the second round, they took Gasicki, mm-hmm. and uh, he has been lately performing uh, certainly worthy of that spot. Sure. I think he's the fourth-rated tight end or something like that. That's great. Yep. Uh, Jerome Baker, uh, they took after that. And, and, and Jerome's a guy I'd like to see some more consistency from. Yes. But I, I do think he can play. I don't think uh, he's a bust or anything like that. I just think he needs to learn consistency. Yes. Durham Smythe was the next guy chosen. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for, for a fourth-round tight end, I think he's doing fine. Right. He's solid. He's on the team, you know, yeah. three years later. Uh, this is his third season. And, you know, he's developed into a surprisingly solid football player for the team. So, absolutely. Now, the next three guys didn't work out. That was Kalen Balazs, uh, Cornell Armstrong, and uh, Quentin Poling. Uh, but in the last right. round, they took Jason Sanders. And, uh, you know, this week he was voted a- AFC Special Teams Player of the Week. So, I, I think we're okay there. Absolutely. So that that was that draft, and then mm-hmm. um, in nineteen, uh, we took Kristen Wilkins, and I think most people are happy with his play. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Starting since day one, so yeah. positive. Be- behind him, they took uh, Michael Dieter. Uh, probably a little bit of a disappointment, but he still provides depth, and uh, maybe he works into that center position. We'll see about that. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he is a disappointment, Mike. Uh, well, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. He is. I mean, they, yeah, they you wanted you wanted him to come in and take one of those guard positions, and and he wasn't able to do that. Exactly. And the guy that uh, is playing right guard this year um, is starting over a guy that had a year of experience behind them. So what does that tell you? You know, right. and we went out and signed the free agent as well. So I don't think they're overly high on Dieter. You know, hopefully, you know, he develops into depth or, you know, a solid player. We'll see. They're training him at center. Right. So we'll see if he if anything develops there. But okay. right now, you know, like you said, things are not so great with Michael Nieder. Right. Behind him, uh, Andrew Van Ginkle was drafted. Okay. And it's early. But uh, if Sunday was any indication, I think he's going to provide something to this defense. I agree. I mean, he's, you know, he, listen, you're seeing him on TV making plays. Yep. And uh, that's something due to injury we didn't see last year. You know, he got off, he came back very late in the year, I think, right? Mm-hmm. It had to be like late yep. in the second half of the season. Yep. He didn't even play a half. He didn't of the play, year. he didn't play much. He didn't play much. And, uh, you know, he was behind everybody. And uh, now he's starting to make plays. You know, you're seeing him. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Going forward, I think we got a nice football player there. Uh-huh. Uh, behind him was Isaiah Prince. Obviously, that didn't work out. Behind him was Chandler Cox. Okay. Cox okay. is... Yeah, he's contributing, he's in, right? He's, he's contributing. He's involved. Absolutely. And behind him, Miles Gaskin. And we've seen Miles Gaskin uh, kind of uh, uh, step up a little bit this year. Absolutely. He's been a very, very pleasant surprise. Had very nice drafts. You know, yeah. and then th- throw in the free agent signings, Mike, on top of that. You know, you've got guys on this roster, Preston Williams and Needham. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, they came out of those drafts, you know, they, they or after those drafts. And, right. um, you know, it's a credit to, to our coaching staff and our scouting system uh, where they're getting quality, quality football players. I mean, Preston Williams is a starting wide receiver from day one on your football team. And he was a free agent signing. Now, you know, we could spend some time maybe between this week and next week, Mike, and go through all the wide receivers that were drafted 
uh-huh. in front of him. And let's see where their production is compared to what Preston Williams has brought to the table. I mean, he had a very good first half last year. I mean, early on he dropped a few balls, but just when he was getting hot, you know, he got hurt. And yep. uh, he had a great game last week, and hopefully there's a lot more of that to come. But You can bottom, see he's starting to feel better. And absolutely. That's, that's the main thing. So once, once he's 100% healthy, I think he will provide what he provided this week. Yep. So, I mean, you know, a lot of, a lot of quality football players there, no question about it. Then if we go to this past draft, I mean, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Obviously, Tua is going to get his opportunity when he gets it. Right. Uh, behind him, Austin Jackson was drafted, and uh, the kid was doing well until he got hurt. So no reason to think that's a bad pick. I mean, yep. he, he was holding his own. And he was uh, starting from day one. Yep. Yep. Uh, behind him, uh, Noah Igbenogany. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the results are mixed on him. I mean, obviously, he was thrown out there to do something he wasn't prepared to do. This is a converted wide receiver. He hasn't had a lot of experience at uh, cornerback. So he's somebody who is going to develop or not, but they're expecting him to develop because of his athletic talent. Uh-huh. Uh, behind him, Robert Hunt. And, uh, wow, he, he was good this week. Yep, he had a very, very solid – he's going to be a good football player for us. I think he'll be eventually a starter somewhere along that offensive line. Uh, he's a very good good football player. He brings a, you know, a certain element to, you, to your yeah, offensive line. So a little line. bit of nasty, a little bit yes. of nasty. And, and, and we you like that. that. Yep. Uh, behind him, Raquan Davis. I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll have to see what happens there. Right. Uh, Brandon Jones, uh, same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, he, he's been a spot player. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think he's flashed too much. Do you? No. I mean, at this point, no. But, you know, the fact that he's on the field and he's getting some playing time tells you what their thoughts are on him. Right. I mean, he's a rookie. So, you know, he's got he's got a lot to learn out there. So, sure. you know, we'll see. But he, is, he did make the team, and he is getting playing time. So, you know, two positives there. Right. Uh, Solomon Kinley. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. What a beast. What yep. a beast. I'm very happy with that pick, especially where they got him. When, when you get a starting guard in the fourth round, that's awesome. Absolutely. And, and think about him. Go ahead. Yeah, th- this this kid plays. I mean, he can play. You, you watch him, and he's mauling people. It's so much fun to watch. Yeah, and I mean, think about how many offensive linemen – we have taken over the last 10 years that just did not develop into that type of football Uh player. And uh, it's, it's great. You know, it's great to see that. I mean, God, if you get three offensive linemen that are starters for your team for years, you know, the next few years, which is a very good possibility once hunt, you know, is, is a permanent starter. uh, You know, you can't say any more about that. I mean, you, you took a, a unit that was, probably our weakest unit among our whole football team. Uh, you can arguably say that, um, you know, defensive end may have been another situation, but as a defensive line, the unit, you know, with the tackles it, are pretty solid. The offensive line uh, definitely needed some some help. And uh, I'll tell you, you, you know, they, they addressed it in one season and they did an extremely good job in doing so. And now they can go elsewhere. Yeah, Tack- don't don't forget Flowers too. I mean, he's come in and played fairly well. 
Oh, absolutely. There's no question about that. And, and Karras, to some extent, uh-huh. at center. You know, but, you know, I don't see those guys as, as, as long-term, you know, uh, guys here. I think Karras signed a one-year contract, didn't yes. he? Yes, he did. Uh, Flowers, I think, is here for what, uh, three years or two years? I don't even – I'm I not cannot, positive. But I'm not positive. I know it was either. a multi-year contract. Right. So he's going to be here at least a couple more years. But, you know, I'm talking about the young guys for the most part. And uh, they, they just did an excellent well, job. Well, you know, Flowers is only 26. Real neat. Yeah, exactly. He's not that old either. Yeah. I mean, he could be here. They could re-sign him in a year or two and um, have him here until he's 30, you know, yeah. and probably do a very, very solid job for us. So. You know, it, it's a situation where it's not something we don't necessarily need to address in next year's draft. Maybe a center, a dominant center, if Maybe. he's available. If you can grab one, I'd love to see that. But um, otherwise, I think we're good, you know, and we've got some depth there as well. All right. The next pick was uh, Jason uh, Strobridge. Now, we don't know much about him because he really hasn't played. Uh, right. You know, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Curtis mm-hmm. Weaver was after him. Um, okay, you know that they let him go early, so they weren't very pleased with him for whatever reason. Uh, Blake Ferguson is their long snapper, and he's done an adequate job. Uh, behind him was Malcolm Perry, and uh, you know we've yet to see him, but you know it was a lot of talk that he was really good in the uh, training camp. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. You know, but all, overall, I think that's a pretty solid draft. You've got. Uh, those linemen, and uh, they filled, you know, probably a need that we've had since 2009. And uh, now it's filled, and now we don't have to worry about it as much. I mean, yeah, maybe they can use a center, and maybe they can use this, this one or that one or depth or whatever, but it's not the big eyesore that it was uh, for years. Absolutely. So you see, you see it on the field. You can see them putting together a team, and uh, everybody's clamoring for two at a play. But I think they're taking the right approach. They're, they're you know, getting this offensive line some experience, and uh, uh, they're letting Fitzpatrick run the offense, and he's doing a fine job doing it. Uh, you know, our offense is not bad, uh, not bad at all. You know, maybe we can improve the running game a little bit with these linemen, but uh, I think that'll come with time. Yeah, I mean, they're scoring points. I mean, you know, how many times over the last, you know, and I'm not going to throw in last year. Last year we were fine, but, you know, go back two years and, you know, you're scoring six points at halftime. You know, you've got uh-huh. two field goals on the board. I mean, you know, they're being productive out there. They're they're picking up third downs, uh, you know, for the most part. And they're, they're making plays. They're scoring touchdowns. I mean, you said it perfectly. We don't have much of a running game at this point. I mean, Jordan Howard up to this point, five games in, has been a disappointment. You know, that could be attributed to a little bit of the blocking. But, um, you know, the bottom line is this, is that they're getting the job done, whether they're getting it done through the air, whether Fitzpatrick is running and picking up first downs. I don't care how they get it done. They are putting points on the board week in and week out. And that's all you want to see. You know, it's it's a big difference from what we've come accustomed, we became accustomed to over the last 10 some odd years. It was always a frustrating thing to watch our offense. And, and now you have a lot of confidence in the fact that they're going to be able to move the football at any given time in the game. And they do. Right. 
and they're going to keep their quarterback in one piece. I mean, Fitzpatrick has been sacked, I think, five times the whole season. So Outstanding, outstanding. I know, mean, that's, get, that's once a game. We'll take that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, anyway, uh, we were talking about the running game, and uh, Le'Veon Bell is uh, no longer a New York Jet. And uh, some people are clamoring for him. What are your thoughts there? Uh, <laughs> we don't need him. I mean, I I have no interest in a guy like that. I, I think that he's somewhat of a malcontent. Um, and you know what? His talent, uh, he's, he's a talented football player. At least he was in Pittsburgh's offense. Um, we've seen this before uh, in regard to players. They go to a different team and they're just not the same player. Um, in Pittsburgh's offense, when you've got great receivers on the outside that you have to worry about and you've got a guy like Ben Roethlisberger running the football team, uh, you know it, it makes your job a lot easier. I mean, the guy that stepped in for him in Pittsburgh, Connor, when he's healthy, has done a very good job. He's been a very, very good replacement for him. So uh, I don't want to take anything away from Le'Veon Bell, but um, you know, two years in New York, uh, he hasn't done an awful lot, and uh, there's no need for him on this football team. I don't think the Dolphins will even consider it. Um, I think he has to go to a, a team like possibly New England. Uh, believe it or not, you know, they, Sonny Michelle's hurt. Uh, their running game's been average at best, and. Um, you know, I, I can definitely see Belichick bringing him in. I mean, th- their history shows you that. Look at what they did last year with Antonio Brown. And, you know, they've done this year in and year out, bringing those type of players in. So it wouldn't shock me if he lands in New England. And uh, all the power to him if he goes there. I, I don't want anything to do with him. Yeah, I'm with you. I think we, we pretty much see eye to eye on that. So let's talk about the Jets. The stinking Jets. Yeah, let's talk about them. Let's get there. Um, there's this is not going to be um, it's not going to be a long conversation, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> They're terrible. <laughs> They're terrible. They're horrible. They are. They are possibly the worst team in football, and they got worse. If uh, you know, if you can believe it, you know, with the fact that you don't have to worry about Le'Veon Bell this week is a positive. You don't have to worry about Darnold running out of the pocket and and creating plays, uh, running the football, which he does. You know, I I don't know if you saw that run he had early in the year in one of his games early, but it was like from 40 yards out. And he made two cuts on guys that just made him look silly, and he ran it in. Um, He brings that element to the table that you don't have to worry about when you're facing a guy like Joe Flacco. He's a pocket guy. Uh, he's an older pocket guy, and um, he, you know, he's going to be wherever you expect him to be. Right. So you just, you know, you get some pressure on him, and they're going to have problems. Um, you know, this team just doesn't have an awful lot on the offensive side of the football. Um, you know, they're ranked 31st in the NFL, uh, and that's that's for good reason. They're just not very good. Um, they do have a real solid receiver in Crowder. Right. Uh, you know, he's somebody that you have to be concerned with. But, you know, with our cornerbacks, Mike, um, honestly, you know, I, I don't see an issue there. Um, you know, their running game is, you know, basically Frank Gore, who's averaging just a little bit over three yards a carry. Uh, Perrine 
is at it like 3.7. These are their running backs, and then they got our, our favorite guy, you know, our, our, our old dolphin, uh, Balaj, who has uh, learned how I to think, catch the football think, with I the Jets. I think they waved him, didn't they? Did they? I don't think I th- so. I think they waved him. Did, did they really? Okay. I, I'm, I'm surprised that they yeah. did that. Um, you know, and then they – I don't know who they have at running back if that's the fact – if that's the case then. I mean, they have Gore and Perrine right now. Um, I wasn't aware of the fact that they waved Balaj. I mean, I, I showed them still on their roster when I looked at their roster uh, as of um, yesterday. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe they did. But uh, they lost Hogan for the season. Or at least, you know, for the next, you know, a handful of get they put him on IR, Chris Hogan. Uh, we're familiar with him as well. You know, he's a solid receiver. You know, he can make plays. And uh, they're down him as well. And uh, Perryman, one of their other receivers, Brashad Perryman, is is banged up a little bit too. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know where they're going to get offense from, Mike. I really don't. I mean, you look around this team and, uh, I mean, my goodness, we couldn't be in a better position. Yeah, um you know, when, when you look at the Jets um, defensively, uh, they've got two decent tackles. So, you know, running up the middle may not be as easy as you'd like it to be. But uh, aside from that, I, I just don't see a very talented defense on the field. And, you know, we're not used to that from the Jets generally. They've had, you know, a pretty solid defense. This is not that. right. Well, they're in the middle of the pack, Mike. They're, you know, they're – they're ranked 18th. I mean, yep. they, listen, they're, they're, as a unit, they're much better than the um, offensive side. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, against the pass, they're 10th in the league. Um, you know, the rush, they're 22nd. So, you know, I don't know if that's because they're, they're you know, they're getting behind there. I don't know. I mean, sometimes these stats are, you know, skewed a little bit because of what's going on. on you right. Know, during you know, when you're losing by 20 game. points a game, you know, that's going to skew your stats. Exactly. Um, but their pass defense up to this point has not been horrible. You know, they're giving up about 250 yards a game. They're giving a, up 130 yards on the ground a game right now up to this point. So you're right. I mean, their defense is a little bit better unit uh, than the offense actually is at this point, but they're not world beaters either. Well, Poole is pretty good. I mean, you know, he's he, – probably cover the slot so uh ford or wherever they put in the slot may have some difficulties yeah they have some good players i mean you know this kid pierre has uh pierre desir has three picks already in the season and they got marcus may back there and mcdougall i mean they have some players in the secondary um you know what's interesting about this jet team mike is that all of those guys are their leading tacklers so yeah you know their linebackers and their defensive uh line are not really getting the job done so um you know, teams are either passing on them and they're making tackles that in that way, or you know, the the running backs are getting into that secondary and they're they're being forced to make a lot of the tackles. So we'll see. I haven't watched a lot of them because they're not a fun team to watch in any way, shape, or form. Obviously. Well, look at their coaches. Yeah, and we, you know, that. Well, yeah. Let's let's talk about the coach. Um, you know, I mean, th- this whole situation with, with Lavion, we've seen it before, right? How many guys, you know, basically did we see uh, get released in the middle of the year or get traded in the middle of the year? I mean, it seems to be a trend with him. And well, he wanted out because he didn't feel he was being used enough. And again, Mike, 
you know, it, it, haven't we heard this story? Sure. We've, we've heard it, you know, in, involving Gase on numerous occasions. I mean, you know, where, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? You know, and, uh, you know, <laughs> with Gase, this seems to be a common thread with him. So, you know, you, you yeah. take a guy like Flores and you see most of the, and we had Fitzpatrick leave, so maybe this is not quite as true as I'm thinking, but I do believe it. I think that he bonds with his players much better than Gase does. Yeah, I, I think that every coach in the NFL bonds better with <laughs> with his players than Gase does. I mean, Gase is, you know, I mean, Mike, they lost one of their best secondary people, you know, uh, to, you know, Jamal Adams. I mean, yep. guys want out of there. There's There's a reason for that. And, you know, I'm very surprised that he still has a job. I really am. Um, you know, it's shocking to me because the team is just absolutely horrible. And, um, you know, I think that uh, we may seal his fate this week. If we go out and we have a game like we did against San Francisco and we just pummel them by 20, 30 points, um, I don't think he's going to last past this game. I really don't. So we'll see what happens. It'll be I interesting think- to see if he does last this season because uh- – Unless they just want to, you know, lose for uh, Trevor Lawrence or something like that, you know. Well, I, Mike, honestly, I don't think the quarterback is the problem. I think that the, the coaching is the issue there. I honestly believe that Darnold has some talent. I do and too. I don't but think he's inconsistent. He, he's inconsistent, Mike. But he's in an offense that. Uh, you know, they're not world beaters. I mean, my goodness, he does not have an awful lot to work with. He gets pressured a lot. The offensive line hasn't played well. He doesn't have a lot of talent at the skill positions. I think that if, in fact, uh, Gase gets fired, and, I, you know, I hope he doesn't because I think as long as he stays there, they're not going to be a winning football team. But I think it's inevitable. But I think that if, in fact, the Jets, you know, continue to lose, they're going to have a very high pick. And I, I honestly don't see them drafting a quarterback. I just, you know, in, in Lawrence, I think that uh, if they get a new coach in there, I think Darnold will be fine. I think they just have to maybe trade out and pick up extra draft picks. They have a lot of needs, that football team. And I think that the quarterback is, is fine. Trevor Lawrence is not going to make any difference on that football team right now. There, there's, you know, there, there's just there's just too many needs. So what's your prediction? The prediction for the game? What? I, you know, it, it, what what's funny is, is that, you know, as you prepare for teams, you know, sometimes – you look at them and you're like, okay, this team hasn't won a football game. You know, I hope that we go out and I hope I'm not right about this, but I hope we go out with the same, you know, fierceness, you know, the, the, the same energy that we had going out to San Francisco last week. You know, I don't know if they're going to muster it up. So my prediction in regard to a score, I mean, I think we win this game pretty easily, but I don't think it's going to be nearly as bad as you think it is. I see it being maybe 28 to 10 or 31 to 10, something like that. Well, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it's bad, but, you know, it's not going to be a score like we saw last week, right. which is what I think, you know, some fans may expect. Like, oh, hell, if we put that many points up on San Francisco, you know, we're going to go out and, and just beat the Jets by 50 points, you know, and that's just not the way 
the NFL works. You know, the players, um, you know, they have to build on what they did last week. And you know what, Mike? As long as they go out, they come out injury-free, and they win the football game, and they dominate like they really should, uh, they don't have to win by 40 points or whatever it was they won by last week. You know, I, I'd be content with 28-31 to 10. I'm fine with that. Uh, if, I, if I'm Gase, I'm going to take uh, Frank Gore, and I am going to try and pound Miami. That yep. would that would be my strategy to try to win this game if I'm the Jets. Right. Um, but what are you going to say? No, I was going to say the Dolphins are thinking, are thinking on those same terms, Mike. They're not they're not the least bit concerned with the Jet wide receivers and Flacco. I could tell you that right from now. And Flacco's a guy that, you know, if, if he's on his game, he's not a bad quarterback. But you know, I, I think they just literally have to just sit on the run and just let our two corners just, you know, do their thing. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, put nine guys in the box and say, okay, good, throw the football. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, no, I, I would, you know, I would pound Gore and I would try and uh, uh, win time of possession and, and you know, mm-hmm. just uh, control the clock and, and keep Fitzpatrick and his receivers off the field as much as possible. Mm-hmm. On the Dolphins, it's interesting because I, I think that you 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 ride the hot hand, and that's Ben Fitzpatrick. So if if right. I'm uh, uh, the offensive coaches, I think you know what we're going to go into this game trying to win it through the air. Yeah, I mean you know it, our our running game hasn't given us enough to where we can go into any football game and feel that. Exactly. You know, feel confident about us running the ball 30 times and being successful offensively. You know, I think that um, you attack this this Jet team with aggressiveness. You know, you, you, you don't get conservative. You don't keep them in the game. You try to get them down early and you try to make them play catch up, force them into mistakes. And, you know, before halftime, you could probably, you know, have them under your belt. Um you know, if I'm the Jets, you know, getting back to their offense, um, you do try to control it, Mike. You do try to keep, you know, Fitzpatrick off the field and, you know, try to keep it tight that way. And I think that, you know, if you had the players to throw short, you know, short passes, I mean, they do with Crowder, you know, they could get five, six yard patterns, maybe to Herndon, you know, the tight end down the middle of the field. You attack our linebackers with, with your tight ends. You know, they may have some some success in doing that, you know, throwing to the running back out of the backfield. Right. But, um, you know, I think the Dolphins are going to sit on their run and, uh, you know, just basically beg them to throw the football. You know, we'll see what happens. I think our offense, you know, should, should be able to move the football enough to, you know, control the game, though, you know, on the other side of the football. I mean, you know, their defense is average. You know, they're nothing spectacular. And their offense is is very poor. So, you know, this is a game that we should win pretty easily. Um, you would think that, right? Yes, you would. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, the Jets are not giving anybody much of a contest. So you would think they're not going to give us much of one either. Uh, but, but I do think, you know, that, you know, inner division, sometimes games don't go the way you think they're going to go. So for that reason, I, I, I'm taking the Dolphins, obviously, because I do think they are the better team. And I don't get to say that very often, so I'm very happy to sit here and say that. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think it's going to be a little lower scoring maybe than people are expecting. And I would say probably 28 to 10, uh, Miami. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
kind of right on par with me, 28, 10, 31, 10. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to your point, Mike, that you just made in regard to division games, I mean, the team that they played the toughest, you know, past Denver, you know, Denver was, was playing, I believe, with a backup a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they still got beat by Denver. Now, the team that they played the toughest was in week one against Buffalo. They uh -huh. played them, you know, nip and tuck. They lost 27-17. That was probably their best effort of the season. And again, like you mentioned, a division game. And it always, you know, kind of goes in that direction when you're playing inside the division. And, uh, you know, Gase has a lot to prove, you know, not that he can do it because he, I don't think he has the talent to do it uh, coaching wise or on the football field. But, you know, he's going to try and do everything he possibly can to win this week to prove something to this or the Dolphin organization. So, you know, he's he should have a little bit uh, more fire under his belt, but I don't think it's going to make any difference whatsoever. I don't either. Mm -hmm. Lou will be back Monday to talk about it. Yeah. All right. And hopefully it's going to be a happy, happy Monday, just like this past Monday. Oh, I'm still happy from uh, last Sunday. Uh, that was yep. that was uh, that was an awesome game. Such a fun game to watch. Absolutely. Fun, so, fun game. And yep. hopefully we have another fun game where we're out there and we're just, you know, making all the plays needed. And, uh, you know, we start watching our young guys uh, continue to develop and yes. the offensive line push people around and that, you know. Mm hmm. Absolutely. They'll have a chance to do that because, like I said, the Jets do have a pretty good interior. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Yep. All right. Like I said, we'll talk about it Monday. Until then, fins up, everybody. Yeah, fins up, Dolphins. All right. So that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 